0: Hello there, and welcome to the re-wrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, um, who got jabbed first at the Auckland DHB? Not who you might have expected. Um, Mike makes an apology. I don't even know if that's ever happened. And uh, we'll finish up with more uh, Chinese kiwi fruit concerns. But before any of that, other concerns. Uh, concerns about the job situation here in New Zealand. Let's start with the EMA. They're concerned.
1: Listen, well, I don't blame the employers and manufacturers who are a bit exercised at the moment. Uh, they should be worried about the job shifting across the Tasman. This is a result of the bubble. Uh, the bubble's good for many things, of course. One of them might be the recruitment process for your average Australian employer. Now, the Australian economy, of course, performing better than ours. Latest stats had their fourth quarter up 3.1%. Ours was backwards to the tune of 1%. Their 3.1, by the way, on top of the previous 3.1, that made it a record period of growth. As a result, jobs and job listings are booming across the Tasman at the moment. They can't come close to filling the gaps that are appearing. in a bubble the ability to move from point A to point B easily is going to help the movement of talent and skills. And that's before you get to these dreadful stories that we've been seeing of late of all of those that are in this country on work visas but being prevented from having their partners and kids join them. Some of them were in the Parliament grounds this week protesting and hoping the government might find a bit of heart to help them. Well, no such luck, I'm sorry. And as it turns out, with the MIQ news and the decommissioning of some facilities, Australia offers now a better deal to people like these. So, so guess what? Choice one, you're here without your family. Choice two, you're in Australia doing the same job with your kids. Not hard, eh? Australia, of course, has always been an employment issue for this country. Remember when John Key first popped up on the political scene? They ran that famous ad of him standing in the middle of what was then Westpac Stadium in Wellington telling us that each year a stadium's full of New Zealanders were bailing for Australia. Well, doesn't history repeat itself? This is where we're heading again, I'm afraid, and this is why the employers and manufacturers are worried, as they should be. We already have skills issues. We can't get talent into the country, can't get RSE workers into the country. The CRL project, for example, is likely delayed because of the light rail project, thus indicating we can't do more than one major thing at a time without affecting the other. We simply have to be competitive. We have to be as aspirational as those in the marketplace looking to pick up our talent. A country is no different to an employer. You've got to be a good place to work if you're not the good will vanish to where the pickings are plentiful. The employers and manufacturers are doing us all a favour. We have been warned.
0: Speaking of plentiful pickings, uh, we've got a lot of fruit. It's it's fruit time, uh, especially autumnal fruit time. That means apples, pears, so on. Uh, but uh, it's all falling on the ground.
1: They can't get the
0: workers. They can't get the workers.
1: What are we left with? Well, we're left with the mess that we got with the apples in Hawks Bay last night on the news. You're watching those heartbreaking pictures, block after block after block, of rotten fruit on the ground, not able to be picked because we wouldn't bring in any RSE workers. The 2,000 we did bring in weren't enough. And the government knew they weren't enough and they wouldn't do anything about it. They said, oh, go, go hire a local. Go hire a local. Bruce Mitchell tried that and here's what happened.
0: We had 20 people uh, signed up and two people turned up for the induction.
1: Uh, Bruce Mackay tried it. Here's what happened.
0: The staff that we did recruit, that we did train um, to come along and work with us, um, the absenteeism rates were, were really, really high and very, very hard to understand or predict.
1: So Chris Farfoy will be listening to this. So what do you do, Chris? They did everything you said that you wanted them to do. They hired the locals, they went and recruited, they provided the accommodation, they provided the vehicular transportation, they upped their pay, they did everything you asked them to do and what? Millions of dollars of apples on the ground. What a waste.
0: Yeah, it's one of those, um, who the hell's running this sh- shop uh, kind of scenarios, isn't it? And uh, when you look at things like, I don't know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not just uh, seasonal workers. Uh, every time we, we, we look at the DHBs, we, we wonder the same thing. And then it turns out that the people who are running the Auckland one uh, decided to jump the queue and get jabbed uh, before the actual people who
1: are dealing with people with COVID. What the hell's going on here? How about the Auckland DHB? I didn't think I'd get exercise about people getting jabs. Like, if the Prime Minister fronts up and gets a jab uh, in front of somebody else, couldn't care less. Athletes who want to go to the Olympics, get them in the front of the line. I don't care if I'm missing out. None of that was going to bother me until yesterday I found out the Auckland DHB board members got the jab in front of health workers. I mean, how up yourself do you have to be for that to happen? How, At what point as a board member do you sit there and go, well, hold on, why am I here suddenly getting a jab in my arm and is everybody else in the hospital and the facility I, I'm in charge of, have they got one? And you would know as a board member whether they have or not and therefore, presumably, you would know they haven't. Therefore, you'd presumably, if you were human, go, well, geez, I'm not sitting here taking this in front of a nurse, wouldn't you? comes down to, I suppose, isn't it, who's more important, management or workers?
0: and technically speaking you've got to say surely the workers because if there isn't any workers no work gets done Uh, no managers around I find the work gets done quicker better more efficiently less meetings that's just me Anyway, uh, management uh, yesterday insisted Mike Hosking interview the Prime Minister, even though he didn't want to. Uh, So he wasn't keen on ever talking to her ever again. Uh, But it wasn't
1: management's argument uh, that uh, turned him around on this. It was somebody else. Turns out we need to start today with an apology to... Barry Soper. Barry ruined my day yesterday. Uh, there I was sitting down to a small plate of my favourite artichoke some French stick and an espresso, when his voice penetrates the kitchen conversation with the mention of my name. He was addressing the interview with the Prime Minister, of course, but also comments I'd made earlier on the programme yesterday about the media and MIQ and the shrinking of spaces available. I argue that part of the story was indeed a bigger deal than the bubble itself, given the bubble was about as signposted and telegraphed as you could ever possibly want. The bubble wasn't new, we just got a date. What we didn't know was that 40% of rooms the Australian Connection took up would not be freed up to bring in all those people that had been locked out. Everyone from expats stuck... RSE workers we so desperately need, the relatives of those already here, helping our economy and yet prevented from bringing in their wives, husbands and kids. That was the big deal about the bubble, all the MIQ space that was going to solve so many problems, apparently. And lo and behold, nothing of the sort was going to come to pass. Why was the media asleep, I asked? Why, when the story was fed to them, did they miss it? Why are so many in the media asleep at the wheel? Now, people like Barry don't take kindly to stuff like that, obviously, but he did say... And this is why he deserves the apology. You can't be someone like me banging on about the media not doing their job, and then when you interview the prime minister, they would not want her back on the program because she doesn't answer the question. You can't have it both ways. And Barry, of course, is right. I can't ban Adern and leave her to others, and then complain others aren't doing their job. If I have the opportunity, the least I can do is do my part and have that part open to scrutiny. You can't criticise from the sidelines. You've got to be in the scrum with everyone else. The life lesson here is the best argument of all is the argument of logic. And Barry wins this one on logic. So, Barry, I am sorry, you are right. It behooves me to participate as much as anybody else, and ironically, what he was doing in calling me out, of course, was exactly what I was doing to others. So what is good for the goose, as they say?
0: Nom, 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 nom. Hosking eating the humble pie. Mmm, delicious. Yum, yum. Wow. Um, uh, probably not a kiwi fruit flavored pie, though you'd have to say.
1: I expressed some concern on the program the other day. Uh, these rogue Chinese growers are producing the um the the Sun Gold kiwi fruit illegally in China. They're producing about a billion dollars worth of this uh, kiwi gold Sun Gold stuff that we own, and it's ours. And so what Zespri did in their wisdom, wisdom was try to design some sort of controlled commercial trial, this kind of hug your keep your enemies close type plan. And I, I was. Reluctant, but then again, what else can you do? I mean the WTO is not going to help you these days so but what I didn't realize is they're going to look to put a sticker on the stuff that's grown in this trial and it will be a sticker that that delineates between what's real and what isn't so yes, it's sun gold, but it's not the good sun gold it's not the real sun gold it's like a Rolex you know it's a it's a Rolex, or is it? It's one of those things. So if they, at least, if they stay, and I think the sticker idea is probably, I mean, it's going to be voted on by the growers, but if you're a grower, you're voting in June, I'd vote for that because I think it's better than the original plan, isn't it? So, so
0: are they saying that they've copied our kiwi fruit, yeah. but they won't be able to copy our stickers?
1: Well, hold on. Another vote.
0: Because I don't know, I mean, I'm no, I'm no um, horticultural geneticist. But I would have thought it would is easier to forge a sticker than a fruit. I mean I might be completely wrong about that. Maybe it's really easy to just in- invent parallel imported yellow kiwi fruit. but surely you just whack the, the printer on for the stickers, don't you? I maybe they're 3D printing the kiwi fruit as well. I am Glenseed B. Uh, that was the re-wrap. We'll be back here uh, with more sticky stuff tomorrow. See you then.